0: welcome to Sip, Sip, Hooray. I'm Mary Orlin, And
1: I'm Mary Babbitt, and we're so glad you joined us today.
0: We've got so much going on in the wine world right now. Just to um, give our listeners um, a reference point, it is close to the end of August 2020, and it's been a very unusual year anyway, but um, especially in wine country right now, Fires have erupted all over the state of California and are threatening so many vineyards, wineries and livelihoods as a pandemic has been raging for the past five to six months, which has had a huge impact on wineries and their livelihoods. And we also have um, a diversity issue that has been um, growing, exploding and really affecting every industry, every person's life in the United States. But we've got the perfect person here to talk through all that and um, to give us some hope going forward in 2022. I'd love to introduce you to my friend, Phil Long, winemaker, founder of Longevity Wines in Livermore Valley.
1: We are so glad that you're here with us. Hi, how are you?
2: Good, how are you? Thank you for having me.
1: Well, it's a real treat. And you have a, quite a story to tell. So I think maybe the way we'll get started today, Phil, if you don't mind, is maybe helping our listeners get to know you a little bit. Can you tell us about your journey from, you know, it's not the typical start for a Vintner to start as a uh, industrial designer. So <laughs> tell us how you got here as the Vintner uh, at uh, Longevity Wines in Livermore Valley. Tell us about your journey here.
2: Well, it's it's really interesting. So I grew up in Inglewood, California. I've lived in Southern I lived in Southern California for over forty years. In Southern California, wine is it's it's a commodity. It's not it's not part of the fabric of life. It's just something you get at a restaurant or a grocery store. And in the early two thousands, Debra and I were uh, relocated to um, Northern California for a corporate gig that I got. And, you know, inevitably trying to get out and learn your new surroundings you can't drive in any direction in northern california without ending up in wine country i don't care what direction you go it doesn't matter you're gonna you're gonna end up in wine country and our love for wine just uh it continued to grow and then we decided to well let's make a little wine in the garage which we did then we got our wholesale distributors license which we did then we opened an online wine club uh online based wine club started integrating wines we started making in other bonded facilities and at some point we're either going to throw the hat in or or pull it out and we decided to throw it in and we opened in 2008 in the Livermore Valley.
1: So until that point this was kind of a a side hustle it wasn't your day job?
2: It wasn't even a side hustle you know it was it was something Deborah and I we did together and we just loved having something that you know she's from Oklahoma I was born in DC, but raised in California. We had such different backgrounds and different experiences. This was something neither one of us had individually that we started together. So it was really more of something that, uh, you know, as a husband and wife that we could do together and and enjoy that time.
0: That is so cool. And um, tell us about the name. How did you come up with a name?
2: So the name, um, our last name is Long. And uh, it was just, it was just Deborah and I, and I came up with long family cellars. And at one point as we're cleaning up the pumice from the garage, she said, long family sellers, Do you see any family cleaning this stuff up but us? <laughs> I said, well, yeah. you got a point. <clears throat> so we actually named a wine longevity it was our Rhone blend it was our first release and the name just really sort of stuck and later on that wine became um, Deborah Vay, which is short for Debra's Cuvée and that's that's how the name got
1: started. Nice and we should let everyone know about your wife Deborah she is at the heart of everything you do but she is no longer with us can you tell us her story?
2: Yeah her story, you know, we started the winery in 2008. Um, in 2016, she was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Um, but she is uh, she lives on in many, many ways, primarily the label itself, um, the label itself comes from these glass hearts that I used to give her for Valentine's Day. And when we rebranded, if you look at the label closely, it's made up of other hearts, grapevines and grapes, because it really, really signified who we were. Um, Before she passed and she was in treatment, I took her with me and I got this on my entire arm, which I know this isn't great radio. Sorry.
0: (laughs) It's so cool. Uh, So just so our listeners know, he just showed us a tattoo of the longevity
1: heart.
2: Um, Symbol from, from the label. Yeah, on, the on his arm,
1: on his forearm. Yeah. So
2: she, she knows she's always going to be uh, with me. She's always going to be part of the brand, um, even before she was diagnosed. That label became famous on being on TV shows like Big Little Lies, Grace and Frankie, Undateable, Superstore, Big Bang Theory. So we did have national exposure prior to. Mm. um, And then unfortunately, we lost her to cancer in 2019, in January of 2019.
1: Mm,
0: I'm awfully sorry. But you know, I have such great memories of Deborah. I was so fortunate to know her. And she just lit up a room. You know, Um, she was just the most kindest, um, caring person. And funny, and um, what I always loved was, um, you know, Phil and Deborah have been such a big fixture of the Livermore Valley wine country. And every year there's an event called Taste Our Toir. And it's a competition where the wineries pair up with a chef, either a chef from a restaurant, a winery restaurant caterer, and they compete to make the best food wine pairing and it's judged not only by the public but there's also a panel of you know professional judges um usually t- journalists and other wine experts and um the judge the professional judges kind of do their judging away from the crowd but the years that i i was a judge but i was also a consumer walking around, and you know, people would just love your p- pairings. You win every year, and um, you know, just I think you know, I could always see the enthusiasm you and Deborah had, but also the people how you responded. It was just like a love fest.
2: Well, it wasn't every year, it was the last five uh, by six.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I guess I just remember the winning streak. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, it was just something, you know, when we first started doing Taste Our Carrawa, it was, I kind of looked at it, it was like a, um, it was just a big, who's your favorite winery boat thing. And we just started taking it seriously and started really working on the pairings with the wine. And of course, you know, truth be told, my wine got better over time as well. And I think it all, it all, it all contributed to us starting our little winning streak.
1: No. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your wines? Um, help people get to know what kind of wines you offer and what are some of your favorites and what do you hear about your wine?
2: Well, I have, the, you know, I have to ask like which one at this point because of what's going on. <laughs> um, so, you know, Deborah and I started making wine in the Livermore Valley using Livermore Valley. Well, we started using what Livermore Valley fruit we could get because we were small. We only, we only started 500 cases a year. So, you know, nobody really wanted to sell you that small amount of fruit. So we had to go to places like Lodi and um, Contra Costa County to buy smaller amounts. And um, it's interesting. You don't necessarily get the varietals you want when you're buying in those quantities, you get the varietals you can get. (laughs) So we just started really working on perfecting our technique for what varietals we could. And then we kept growing into other varietals. So uh, at the winery, we grew into a a program where we have our classic white label, which is back there behind Mary's shoulder, uh, the other Mary's shoulder, sorry. Um, And then we have our reserve black label. um, And, you know, we grew up to about 3,500 cases of the two of those. And at any given time, on the white side we'd have Pinot Blanc, Pinot Grigio, um uh a Rhone Rosé, Muscat Canelli Chardonnay, we do a sparkling now that's on the white side and if you take the blends um we've got three blends after family member previously mentioned Debra there's Philosophy after me and there's Preston after the dog So the two the two male blends are in a Bordeaux bottle because of the staunch shoulders, and those are those are obviously have Bordeaux varietals in them. And there was the Rhone bottle, which is very soft shouldered like a female form, and that's how those came to be. But if you look at those three blends, there's nine varietals alone in those uh, wines. Then you add things like Tempranillo, Barbera, uh, which people won't let me stop making. Uh,
0: <laughs> Do you want to stop making it?
2: You know, I, I really, at some point in our career, I, I said we really have to refine our varietal focus. We're just, we're, we're doing too much. Mm. And the minute we try to eliminate one thing, you get complaints from one side. The minute you try to eliminate another thing, you get complaints from the other side. So we're still a mess. Uh, but
1: <laughs> You've got quite an operation.
2: Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's been it's been an interesting journey for sure. Uh, we no longer, I no longer bottle the white label in Livermore. Now it's strictly the Reserve label in Livermore.
0: Now, getting into the wine industry, you started in two thousand eight. So you started when the recession just got started. Correct. So that must have been a challenge. And then you also had a um, unfortunate accident with a barrel early on. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah. So we, you're exactly right. We we were the first urban style winery to open in the Livermore Valley. And uh, you're right, it was two thousand and eight. We were a small facility, it was a thousand square feet, it was across the street from the sewage plant. Yeah, we had a few things stacked <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just
0: <laughs> yeah. Otis Otis sewage.
2: <laughs> exactly. Just depending <laughs> on which way the wind was blowing. Oh. Um but we opened at that time, and you're right. In 2011, I had a barrel fall from the fourth stack, uh, and basically cracked my head open and paralyzed me. And um, wow. either someone I was, uh, it was a Sunday morning. I was all alone. The radio was blasting. The wine pump was going. We were going to open, um, but of course, I sent Deborah to run some errands before she <laughs> came in. Uh, so either. Someone was going to find me or I was going to bleed to death, one or the other. Um, So Deborah finally came in and I said, yeah, if you don't call 911, I'm going to die. And the paramedics came, they took me to ICU, and I remember a lot of that. I was in ICU from Sunday morning till Thursday evening. Then I was transported uh, Friday to Santa Clara Valley Medical Center, where I spent three weeks and two days in in in-house rehab, and I walked out. Wow. And that was, and we were just about to expand uh, four times the size and right at that moment that happened. And mm. at some point during rehab, I realized, well, as long as I can still taste, I think we should move forward. So we did.
0: That's, that's incredible to have that determination and, you know, just jump right back into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: it was great. Have, it's great being in the Livermore Valley because we had a really a great support system people they just showed up Thomas Coyne he just he mm. knew about the accident nobody asked him to come. he just showed up with his lunchbox and said let's go to work oh wow so mm. yeah it's a it's a really great valley
0: yeah it is terrific you know and um there's the there's so many small wineries there you all work together you collaborate it's just a great spirit of um, a commu-
1: a real community Um, that again and again about Livermore Valley and for folks who think of California and only think of Napa and Sonoma you're really missing out uh, in the Livermore Valley it's it's an opportunity to not only the wines are fantastic but it's the access to the winemakers and the people who are putting it all together it's it's so much easier in the Livermore Valley they're so you know
2: very low-key <laughs> it's it, it, it so is low i mean even just past weekend uh we're starting to obviously prep for harvest and uh, we have access to a barn across the street and we're trying to move some non-essential things over which included a bunch of barrel racks and here comes Rhonda wood walking back walking pot hey what are you gonna do with those racks <laughs> that's it uh, i was gonna store them can I use them for barrel fermentation again? So I, instead of going to the I just dropped them at Rhonda's and Aww. Nottingham called me. Collins, like, dude, we need your scale. We're getting fruit. I had somebody go let him in to get the scale. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool community and we all help each other out.
0: That's so. And um, for our listeners, we totally encourage you to plan a visit to Livermore Valley um, when it's safe and when tasting rooms open again. Um, tell us what's going on in terms of covid and how it's impacted your business and your fellow winemakers
2: yeah wow well so you know i know at some point we're going to talk about the national side the wines you have there um we launched those march first uh, yeah. wow yeah. I, great timing yeah, exactly timing <laughs> is everything so I it's did, like
1: you start during the recession <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly <laughs> um the cards just keep being stacked against me I don't know why but I literally went to Texas and I was in four cities in four days came back um packed my bags went to bed and I get a text from Southwest saying your flights are canceled
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the whole fill tour across the country was canceled at that point and within a week the tasting room was closed so our tasting room is still closed um i know the uh, rules and regulations and things are changing hourly um as far as what you can do i am gonna side on the uh, i'm gonna err on the side of safety no matter what for you know my customers and my staff um so we're trying to we were planning on how we're going to reopen when we open, when we reopen right now, we're just doing curbside pickup for five hours on Saturday and then, um, and online sales. Um, but there are some other wineries in the Valley that are opening, but right now there's a food restriction and there's a lot of details with that, that I just kind of rather not get into. I mean, not get into for the podcast, but not get into having to deal with those um, restrictions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, and just, so many things to think about but you know safety number
1: one for everybody yeah well sure no, I agree. you know I
2: agree.
1: the economic yeah. impact on all of this has got to be devastating for for you and your friends as you look around you know um your your neighbors your winemaker neighbors uh a huge part of the business is gone and i hope people can hang on i hope that you know, we're not going to lose a ton of great wineries because of this.
2: Well, we did lose one neighbor um, mm. during this. Not you know, but you know, I, who's I,
1: that?
2: Who's that? Is that what?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, I'm supposed on. to say?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so our neighbor embodied. They um, they were really leaning more on the event side than the wine mm. side, and in the event side, in this environment, there's just oh
0: yeah, it's gone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um so yeah,
0: yeah. but um on the you bright did. side you, you yes. have <laughs> some good news you do have some good news to share about this deal you made for a national distribution.
2: So yeah, so how this story goes, um I have a really good friend uh, his name's Steve, let's just Steve, who <laughs> works for Amrum Cork Company and they're the largest cork company on the planet. And I I buy my corks from Steve and so does Bronco Wine Company. Mm-hmm. So back in 2017, um, Steve was over at the winery tasting some wines and he, he kind of picks up a bottle and he looks at it. And he says, you know, I think Fred would really be interested in this brand. And I said, Fred, Fred, Fred- I said, Fred who? Because I didn't know, well- I had no clue. <laughs> I'm like, Fred who? <laughs> Talk about, it. he says, "Fred, it. I just sort of laughed it off. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, He says, "Well, can I take some bottles?" I said, sure. "Take them all you want." <clears throat> A couple of weeks later, he met with Fred and presented the brand. And Fred said, "Tell me about him. Tell me about the brand." And Fred says, "Get him in here."
1: Hmm.
2: So the next thing I know, I have a meeting with Franzi. Okay, wait a minute, who, what? How, how did this happen? Um, which I'll, this is one of the things I'll never forget about the visit. In his waiting room across the little breezeway, there's a picture on the wall that I don't know how many years old, black and white. And it has all of these couples of people in this picture and it has all the names. It was every single Italian name you can ever think in the industry in one picture.
1: The Frenzias,
2: really? the Gallos, the Segazios, the Martinis, the Rossi's, all in one photograph. And I'm like, okay, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> this is a kid from Inglewood. Um, so I met with Fred. And, and Steve, Steve was there, and we talked about it. And they were right in the they were right in the middle of planning their launch of Shaw Organic. So long okay, yeah. sort of got lost.
0: Yeah, and, and for, for our for our listeners, Fred Franzia does own the his company does produce some um, Charles Shaw wines, affectionately known as Two Buck Chuck Trader Joe's.
2: <laughs> yes, um, and they were in the middle of planning um, Shaw Organic. And it kind of got lost. And then we just, Steve and I just kept pushing. We kept mocking up bottles. Uh, We met with Joey, the national sales manager. Long story short, fall of 2019, we we came to an agreement. And our partnership is not one where they did not buy the brand. Um, We actually literally share the brand now. Um, The brand is encapsulated in a new corporation, Named after Deborah, is called LLL Wine Company after her saying "Live long and love," and mm. that's oh. where the brand's going to live. live. And, <clears throat> and I continue to make the Reserve label at um, in our Livermore facility, and <clears throat> the Classic label I produce at the Bronco facility. And I'm I'm still the winemaker. Everything that goes in the bottle, I still go. I blend it there in their lab, just like I blend it in my lab. So. Uh, So, again, yeah, COVID, um, I mean, obviously devastating that nobody knew what was going to happen. On-premise sales just evaporated to nothing. Um, And, you know, the launch really got stifled. And it's now third quarter. Things are um, really starting to pick up. We're pretty much in every state now. uh, We're picking up, I thought it was great to pick up 114 store chain, let alone picking up Foodline, which is 527 mm-hmm. stores. Um, so we're, we're making some progress. And yeah, I'm just trying to do both.
1: Great. Well, Besides the fact that you're probably now the next photograph on the wall in the Francia office I- there, <laughs> No, friend. Um, besides that how has this, this deal changed things for you i mean i know you said you had that pinch me moment there in the office but like in terms of what you're doing and stuff what is it what does it mean this is big time uh,
2: this is big time this is a um it's a it's an it's a whole new world of which i'm still trying to learn it's a whole new landscape i you know I have our processes in place at our winery that, you know, we just threw together from what we knew and what we could learn where you go into a facility like that, they are dialed in. I mean, it is, it's really quite unbelievable how dialed in things are. So I'm learning that whole production landscape on that scale and I'm learning the sales landscape on that scale. So it really is a whole new world, um, you know, it hasn't changed me. I don't think. I mean, Mary, you can tell Mary that I'm the same guy or not. Uh,
0: you are. <laughs> it's, um, it's just
2: it's a, it's changed it's changed my day to day. It's um, a lot of interviews, um, a lot of launch meetings. Uh, during, you know, due to COVID, everything's virtual right now. Um, if it, had it wouldn't not been for COVID, I'd have been on the road most of the time. So, but, you know, as far as, as far as the success that maybe Mary's talking about, I haven't, I don't feel like I'm there yet. Yeah.
1: well, I, well congratulations yeah oh, but, you know
0: you're you're in a good position when things start picking back up um yeah. to be nationally distributed um and are your wines available these to these the chardonnay and cabernet um on any national websites or retailers
2: um wine.com
0: That's what I them,
2: yeah. uh them. uh carries them um as far as direct to consumer those are the two platforms that uh are there um but we have a we have a little store locator widget on our website where you can go and find them i kind of find the information lags a little bit i have a friend in austin who keeps beating me over the head because why aren't they closer than an hour from me and i finally got a hold of my zone manager there and he sent me this list of them in austin so it's a little behind Mm -hmm. but it is in most states um i i think it's even in, in palm springs to tell you the truth
1: Oh, cool. I've got to go look for it. Yeah. Well, I always love when good things happen to good people. So, Phil, long congratulations and well-deserved. You are a good man with a big heart and the heart's on the label. So, you know, it's on your arm, it's on the label. So it's fun to me when good people have good stuff. And then... um, you
0: mentioned all the, the conference, the Zoom calls or online calls and meetings and interviews. And I know you've also been doing talking about a new role, another new role you've taken on. Yeah. And that's um with the well, you tell me.
2: Well, before I even go into the triple A V, I it's so Okay. I just want to say I'm kinda of googly because I'm hearing Mary Babbitt's voice live. I mean, <laughs> you know, Deborah I, it's so it's so funny. We got up here in the Northern California, in the wine world, and you had your show on Sunday night. and I mean, man, every Sunday, we were on the couch, and we were doing the couch dance to the to the intro oh. to watch Mary Babbitt every single week, so it, it's,
1: well, yeah. it's a pleasure
2: to meet you in person, sort of.
1: Thank you. So much. <laughs> so nice to hear that. It was, we had Mary Orlin and I had so much fun putting that show together. So thank you. It means the world that you and Deborah enjoyed it. Oh, and I'm yeah. sorry she's not here with us on this interview today. Yeah. I know. I, and I love that you were dancing to it. You know, finding
0: a theme song is really hard.
1: Yeah, I bet it is.
0: <laughs> and um, my criteria, though, was um, well, it had to be memorable and it had to make you want to
1: move. And
2: it did. And it was <laughs> yeah, memorable. I'm so happy. It um, I re- I'm reminded of when uh, on Seinfeld, with the Kramer and Jerry were sitting on the couch when Friends came on or something came on and doing the same thing. Yeah. that was us every Sunday. <laughs> and then it's like, that's, that's- and we were like, we were just open as a new winery. And then I remember you did the story on Page, and I'm like,
1: oh <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah, in <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, so.
0: with Dane Stark. Oh yeah. yeah, that was a that was a fun shoot. Yeah. That was a we did that over several days because we were kind of chronicling the tearing down of and rebuilding their whole the winery there. Yeah, there. yeah.
2: yeah. Dane's, oh, Dane's yeah. a good friend, I and mean, we're all such good friends now. It's not even funny. Um, yeah, and I, you know, it, it's funny coming from nowhere and establishing a winery in, in, in two thousand nineteen the Livermore Valley chose five winemakers to represent the Valley on a press tour to New York. So spending mm. so spending a week in New York with Stephen Mirisu, Carl Wente, yeah. Darcy <laughs> Kent, and Rhonda Wood.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I think you guys might have gotten into a little trouble. All right, you know what? I, could, I
2: couldn't I could keep up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could not. It's like you're tasting wine all day long. And I'm just going to say some of them would want to go out and have Manhattan. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, cannot, I cannot do this. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Oh. And it really it really built some great relationships. Um, but, Mary, you were asking about um, my role with AAAV now, um, yes. which is the Association of African American Vintners, which is an organization that um, was established back in 2002 by a gentleman named Mac McDonald. He, um, he didn't get recognized so much because he was a black winemaker, he was making outstanding Pinots in the S- Sonoma uh, back then and getting really good ratings.
0: Yeah,
2: he was. He was He was really making uh, amazing wines. And as he tells the story, he would go to events and nobody looked like him. <laughs> <laughs> if you know Mac, you can hear him saying it. Oh, yeah. Um, so he started AAAV. And I finally met Mac around 2011 or 12 doing a common event uh, for Black History Month at 1300 Fillmore in the city. And we got to be friends, and he, they were planning once a year a symposium um, that he actually invited Deborah and I to come pour for one year, even though we weren't members. Oh, we, we'll know why later. Um, <laughs> so we went and poured, and uh, within a week he calls me and he says, "You know, look, man, we need you." So, as it turns out, way back when I met him back in 1300 Fillmore, he was grooming me as his replacement.
1: Really? <laughs>
2: so, um, so, we joined, and then later that year, which I believe was 2018, I'm trying to think back now, um, The there was a, and I, Tammy corrects me on this every time, a, a committee, it wasn't Congress, it was state legislature. They had a, a, a joint select meeting on the state of the wine industry and they invited two people from AAAV to attend and to speak. So Matt asked me to go, Mac. Mm. So as we're filling in all the check in our boxes and everything about, you know, is the paperwork correct? or these your titles? Is this your contact information? I notice on mine, it says, Vice President Triple A V.
0: And were you? Uh, you didn't that was news you didn't to me.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> the first I'd heard it. So I immediately called up Mac and I go, dude, um, they got it wrong. They put me down as vice president. And Mac says, Hey man, just leave it alone. He, <laughs> I'm like, What? He says, leave it alone. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, uh, I okay, whatever. Um <laughs> And then somebody from Sacramento, from the state, calls me and says, you know, we see that you're down here as vice president, but it's not on the website. So I have to explain the whole thing to them. So when they introduce me, they introduced me as the newly appointed vice president. Mm. Of <laughs> of
0: what a way to get a promotion. Yeah,
2: exactly. So on the way home, driving home in the rain, um, Matt calls me I say, okay, look, that, you know, maybe that was for show, but you know, if I'm really going to contribute to the organization, what do I have to do to earn such a title? He says, no, you've earned it. So Aww. from that moment, I was vice president, that was late 18 and Mac decided to step down uh, January of this year and I became president.
1: And what's the organization, what have you been doing? What's the, what's the work?
2: <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Heavy sigh.
2: Um, uh-huh. nobody told me it was going to be another full-time job with no pay. Uh, of course. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> Otherwise you would have ran away.
2: No, um, It's been quite an interesting year. So, um, the symposium, which has been interesting, Mac and his wife, Lil, did a great job with Lou planning these things all these years, but I vowed to make it a, a bigger and better event. And I got my entire staff, you know, my event coordinator, Um, my uh, GM, all involved in planning this year's symposium. Now, this is pre-COVID. And um, we were planning additional events. We had a committee. I mean, we were really starting to get the ball rolling. And then COVID hits. And once COVID hit, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Huh? Hmm. We just kind of, nobody knew, right? Who knew if this was going to be a month long? Nobody knew. So we just kind of wrote it out. And then when it became apparent that it, there's just no way it's going to happen, um, we canceled it. But at the same time, which this all just sort of ties in, Black Lives Matter happened. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything for AAAB all of a sudden we have this swell of support from everywhere. We have membership going up, I don't know, 500%. We have donations going up a thousand percent. It's been quite a ride. And not only that, you know, we had planned uh, media and press for my national launch. But now we've been that I'm president of AAAV, and it, it, it just went insane. I mean, you've, Mary, you've seen the list. I'm sure it, yeah. it's still, uh, I still can't believe what's going on. Uh,
0: You're everywhere in the news. That's
2: yeah. How did I, I don't know. I'm st- again, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still Phil trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, we've, you know, we're partnered with but back to the the whole goal of AAAV in the first place was trying to create awareness of literally that there are African American winemakers, period. I mean that's the first goal. Mm-hmm. And not only that, if you if you tie into that, when I went to college, so my degrees in architecture, mm-hmm. all I knew was the, the ag guys. Oh, that's those guys that are really with cowboy boots and cowboy hats. That's all I knew. I didn't even know that what ag really, really meant. Um, in fact, back then I wasn't even sure that wine was made in this country to be honest with
0: you. I don't
2: know, didn't yeah. it come from France? Uh, yeah. So there's an awareness among young people that have no idea that this industry exists. So you take the whole awareness picture as our first um, goal and you know we're trying to pave a path for young minorities and African-Americans That hey, this is a career path, this is an option, and also here's how we can help. So, we're taking on media partners to put on now new virtual events, we are taking on uh scholastic partners um, for scholarships, Mm. we are taking on partners in job postings and job opportunities, which are posting on the site. Our scholarships are going to be posted on the site. Mm. Um, we do have a twice fully funded scholarship with United Negro College Fund now. Um, so there's there's been a lot that's been going on in the past few months.
0: Amazing. Um, so raising awareness is certainly key. What other obstacles are you all working on overcoming that have been in um, the business, um, whether it's systemic racism or just, um, I, I know several black wine writers and sommeliers and the same thing they would say they'd go to events and not see people looking like them and also being asked you know treated like the help or like oh i didn't realize yeah. you drank wine right you
2: know? <laughs> yes i and i, I know the quotes you're talking about um you know it's it's interesting i can relate to my journey i know there's other experiences out there along those lines i i'll never forget at my winery um, we had an event and I think the the young lady was African-American and she asked me, not knowing who I was, did I know what kind of wine that they were pouring? And she had our, our you know, our Romato, our pink Pinot Grigio in her glass. I said, well, that's Pinot Grigio. She said, this isn't Pinot Grigio. I said, it's not? She says, no, Pinot Grigio is not that color. Let me go ask somebody else. Okay, you go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Let, let me know what you I find mean, out.
2: exactly so she came back with her with her head in her hands i'm so sorry <laughs> uh,
0: well, well so at least she came she back and you came know.
2: back yeah. um you know the industry as a whole um it i mean the real goal is to try to create create more of a diverse landscape that's yeah. that's the goal um mm-hmm. we're even working with one um Scholastic entity, let's just say at this point, um, that we're not restricting it to African-Americans. However, in the application, there is the question, how are you going to promote diversity in this industry? Period. And that's one of the things, I mean, that really is the the overall goal. Um, So yeah, there's barriers that, um, you know, people don't, the biggest thing is they don't know we exist. And that's, what we're trying to do we're even going to um on the AAAV's website we're working on selling members wines in a one-stop shop mm-hmm. so you can go mm-hmm. buy a couple mcbride sisters a couple longevity a couple whoever yeah. right within the, the website so you know we're just,
1: great. there certainly isn't a uh, an awareness that's happened that that's been a long time coming and mm-hmm. and it's not been a diverse landscape at, at all and so uh, I think, as the wine industry looks to bring more people into the tent, it's about time we bring you know more more wine drinkers or more wine drinkers. Right? Yes,
2: no, yes. And absolutely. And again, even even the awareness that you know I didn't drink wine till I was way out of college. I mean, probably in my yeah. mid to late twenties. Things
1: yeah. um, here, yeah.
2: It was. Well, there was that Boone's Farm once. But anyway.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't count the wine coolers. I, mean, yes, I have my share. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, it's uh, that wine is, is it, we just have to keep, keep promoting awareness to everybody about even drinking wine. And we don't care whose wine you drink. Yeah. It doesn't matter.
0: No, right. Um, yeah. Well, exactly. And I think, um, I mean, I remember when we were doing our show, and this it has been over 10 years since production stopped on it, but I would talk with people about, you know, what can you do? What can the industry do to bring more people in, more people of color into the wine drinking tent?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, like our symposium, which we're trying to do, um, we're, we're hoping to do the live version next summer but we are partnered with a media person to promote we're going to be doing two webinars a fall and a spring and that is going to be promoted through their outlets and their connections so we're hoping to get a very large audience and i'm i'm really happy to see i mean the support that really has come about is tragic why it came about but the conversation needed to happen and then we have to keep the conversation happening, and so, that's our goal.
1: Absolutely, well, man! You are such a busy person. I don't know how you are juggling all of this, and I, you know, I, I don't think you probably have any free time. But when you do, what is it that you do to relax and have fun? That you know, that's not work.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, so right now, you know, being um, single—let's just use that term—I um, do laundry, I do the <laughs> dishes. <laughs> I,
1: I said fun. <laughs>
2: you well, know, I okay, I garden. Um, okay, that's that's something that's fun. But you know, you guys know, as a winemaker, you don't have the Monday through Friday nine to five. No, you. When it needs to get done, you get it done. That's how it happens. So, um, you know, right now, right. I'm trying to take Sundays as a day off, but inevitably you you end up doing something, but most of that day is catching up on the chores you hadn't done all Mm -hmm. week. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, even trying to move on in, in a relationship, you can't, you can't do that now. How do you do, how do you do that in this environment?
1: I know. Um, it's, yeah. Right. It's it mm-hmm. just doesn't,
2: it doesn't offer that opportunity. So, um, well then
1: it is maybe a perfect time to just dive into the work. And that is exactly. <laughs> got of and that's,
2: that's exactly the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, so work is obviously, um, promoting the national brand. Work is planning harvests for our local brand. Um, and work is uh, potentially developing even additional brands that we could be working on. I'm not gonna pimp any of that, really, any more than that at this yeah. point. Well,
1: that's
0: a tease, though. <laughs> Absolutely. We can't, well. you know, stay, stay tuned to the skins. <laughs> yeah.
2: You never know. Well, right now, that's the true. focus is longevity on both sides. And, uh, you know, it's interesting since, again, it all really interweaves, but since Black Lives happened, you know, before that, being minority certified in this country gave us sort of a foot in the door in the larger chains, and we were, we were starting to make some headway, but post Black Lives Matter, they're reaching out to us, mm, <laughs> like, nice. do, do you guys have longevity? Is he really Black? <laughs> yes, he's really Black.
0: Oh, God, <laughs> Uh, hopefully we'll get to a point where they don't have to ask that question
2: no and you know what I'm I'm obviously very lighthearted about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the joke of the New York press tour we're just all walking down the street five winemakers in this town that they walk a lot faster than me but every now (laughs) (laughs) every now and then Stephen Mirosur would turn around and go you're black (laughs) So it it became a joke of the trip, which was a lot of fun.
1: It's funny. Um, Yeah. It's great. You have a sense of humor, Phil. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: you know, looking forward with everything going on now in 2020, you know, what hope do you have for the harvest coming up, given all the challenges and um, 2021 and beyond?
2: You know, 2020 is such a strange year, obviously. Um, You know, we didn't move as much wine the first six months of this year that anybody wanted to, obviously. You know, tanks are still full to some extent. Barrels are still full. And, you know, my personal journey was to start ramping up production of the Black Label in anticipation of possibly having the Black Label distributed just within California. Mm-hmm. So I started obligating more fruit last year, knowing that that was the goal, but having no idea <laughs> that COVID was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to have this avalanche of fruit that we're going to scramble. I can't say from a quality standpoint, outside of the smoke, from a quality yeah. standpoint, I think it's going to be really good. Um, I've been working with a vineyard manager, Ramiro, really closely on some of our um, our vineyards we've been working with for years. And it's really, really improved the quality. So I've, I, from that standpoint, I think we're gonna do good. Um, I'm terrified of the avalanche of fruit. So um, mm-hmm. overall for the wine industry, um, I think there's gonna be a lot of bulk on the market come beginning of next year. Uh, I know one large winery, won't say the name, uh, decided uh, a few months ago, to bottle everything they had in the cellar, including the 19s, got rid of their cellar staff, and they're not crushing one grape this year. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, that's
0: extreme. extreme. Yeah.
2: Oh my goodness. Um, uh, you know what? It it sounds extreme, but then when you think about when you think about when that happened months ago, and you see where we're still at today, is it really that extreme? Mm-hmm
0: yeah it's just I, yeah
2: exactly so you know i'm nice. hoping
0: good point
2: i'm hoping to get to the point where we can we can open up outside um without embodied there we can we have a little bit more outdoor space we can spread out a little bit more and um yeah you know, i'm just really really thankful and grateful for my staff because i have a really really great dedicated staff and they make they make things a lot easier for me so yeah.
1: wow yeah. gosh phil It has been such a pleasure talking with you, and man, we sure wish for you continued success, health, uh, good luck through all of this COVID nightmare. But um, yeah, success with the national brand, um, the AAAV leadership, and just success with the upcoming Harvest. So all of our, our good thoughts are with you, Phil. Well, thank right? you so
2: much. It's been a pleasure obviously meeting you. I've been, you know, geeking over you for years. And Mary, I've loved <laughs> I've loved for years. So I've really enjoyed yeah. I've really enjoyed yeah. this time. And if you ever wanna reach out, reach out. I'm here and available. I'm pretty excited.
0: Well, as soon as we can come in person and visit again, we yeah. we must do that and ha- share a toast together.
1: Yeah. I would love that. My little heart hand.
2: My <laughs> hands don't work as well as you guys' hands. <laughs> but.
1: but
0: this has been great. And you know, again, um, for all of our listeners, we really encourage you right now to seek out longevity wines. You can get them online. And then when um, everything opens again, one day it will. We know that. Um, you've got to go to the tasting room, meet Phil. I mean, the Deborah did the tasting room. It's just one of these, you walk in and you feel at home. It's so comfortable. There's so many beautiful touches, personal touches. I, I just love being there.
2: Well, I can't wait for you guys to come back. Um, I can't wait for anybody to come in. It's. <laughs>
1: I know, right? <laughs> it's not just, uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, no. but, yeah. but yeah, it'll happen someday. Right. So.
0: It will, it will. Well, Phil, thanks again and best of luck with the harvest and you know, keep you know, keep us posted on yeah, all the developments that you've got coming your way. We just, you know, are super excited for you. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you. I certainly will. I appreciate you guys. And you guys stay safe. All right.
1: Oh. Sip, sip, all right. Sip sip correctly, Phil. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Right.
2: <laughs> right. Bye 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 bye